Hey, welcome back to Everyday Economics, the podcast that helps you learn about the economic world happening around you every day. I'm your host, Chris Krug, president of the 501c3 nonprofit Franklin News Foundation. Everyday Economics, a production of America's Talking Network. You can check out all of our great podcasts at americastalking.com. We are recording today's episode on Monday, April 3rd. And joining me, as always, is Dr. Orfe Devangi. He's a PhD economist. Dr. O. Catching up on some light reading this weekend. <laughs> reading from economist uh, Noriel Rubini, terrific story that uh, that appeared in uh, Insider that I think was posted Sunday. Noriel Rubini said that we are headed for a doom loop. In our last episode, it sounded like you were getting a little gloomy, maybe a little doomy. But Nuriel Rubini, he's already there. <laughs> he's been there for 20 years, man. Well, he's been there for 20 years. Well, help me to understand what's on Nuriel Rubini's mind and why should we, if he's been talking about gloom and doom for 20 years, why do we listen to him now? Taking nothing away from Nuriel Rubini, obviously, I, I'm, I don't mean to poke fun. And- oh, he's uh, he's very smart. And this time we should take him seriously. He, he, you know, he's talking about high and persistent inflation and the idea that even with tighter lending conditions, right? That we, you know, we saw with the bank turmoil, that even with tighter lending conditions and a decline in demand, right? In aggregate demand, with a slowdown in the US economy, the fact that there are so many supply shocks, aggregate supply shocks, what do we mean by aggregate supply shocks? I mean, these destructive tornadoes are an example. Man, you are fixated with tornadoes. Oh, man. I mean, the tornadoes, the hurricanes, the wildfires in the summer that destroy housing and actually make it more expensive. The fact that OPEC is cutting oil production by a million barrels per day, which will cause energy prices to increase. I'm going to pause you right there. I'm far more concerned about what's going on with oil production than I am with with wildfires and tornadoes. And I say that, we're taping this again on Monday, April 3rd, that there is some weather modeling for this week that suggests that the really bad storms that we had in the Midwest Friday into Saturday are going to be perhaps even worse in, in this coming week. I'm more interested in what is going on with OPEC and their decisions to tap the brakes on oil production. It's it's all the same, you know. When and we could, we'll skip the part where most of California was frozen. Yeah. But anyway, the fact that you have these supply shocks means that even with the economy slowing, unemployment rate potentially increasing, and households losing their purchasing power, they're going to lose even more because inflation might actually stay where it's at. It might not come down fast enough or at all to get to that. Fed's 2% target, despite all of their efforts. Talk to me about a doom loop. And, and I think you kind of are, but let's let's make a finer point to it, right? So it's the, the conditions that we're in, they persist and they linger. That's right. Despite all our efforts. In the 70s, we saw that inflation coming, you know, inflation surprising, the Fed raising rates, inflation coming down just a bit. And then coming right back up, right? And it's resurging. It's a little bit of that. It's the coming economic and financial crash is basically what Dr. Doom and Gloom is talking about. And he's not completely wrong. I don't think so. I think he has a point. I mean, as rising inflation leads to higher bond yields, we saw what happened to the banks. Higher yields raised the cost of doing business, result in lower investment, less hiring, potentially layoffs. The banks are stuck with not having hedged, right? With long duration fixed income assets that are now worth less than they were before. And basically without the Fed and some depositors keeping their deposits at the bank, by the way, 
Thank God for FDIC as well and the Treasury coming to the rescue. Well, but basically, most banks, many banks, are technically near insolvency. And there's no guarantee that depositors will keep their cash in their bank accounts, right? Because those bank accounts bear 0% interest and they could be earning more with a totally safe money market fund that invests in short-term treasuries. And so in response to that risk, banks are tightening lending in order to preserve liquidity. And that will harm the U.S. economy. Why? Because, you know, a lot of these small businesses that can't tap on Wall Street for financing, tap go to their local banks. And if they can't get it from the local bank, well, they have to slow hiring. They have to cut down people, they, right? So you have an economy that could potentially slow. But you can't bank on that slowing to bring down inflation because of these supply shocks. And so that is the thesis, and I think, I think, uh, sadly, there's a lot of potential in here. There's a lot of truths to this thing. And I guess we're going to have to wait to see it, to see if whether or not it unfolds. But I am getting a little bit worried when I look at the core PCE that came out in February before everything that happened in March. I worry about, I worry about those stagflationary stack, stack winds in the horizon. To summarize, you feel now, and I mean, and this is not just, you know, sort of like uh, dogtailing on to um, Nouriel Rubini's thinking, which you don't disagree with. It sounds like you mostly agree with. Are you feeling as if there's less control, that the Fed has less control now than maybe you would have thought a month ago? I feel like the Fed still has a lot of control. It's just that perhaps... It's stuck. I, I don't know if that's what you meant by control. It, I, it, it has to pick. I want to bring prices down. Let me clarify. I think that, you know, that a lot of a lot of people who listen to us and are trying to figure out what's going on in the economy feel that there will be conclusive outcomes and that they will perhaps be swift, that that's what they have been hoping for, that the belt tightening that has been done at the Fed over the last 13, 14 months now, the number of adjustments to borrowing rates would have had a, a net positive effect and that that net positive effect would be arriving at some point soon. That we've already gone through some misery, but your suggestion is that this misery is not going away anytime soon. And that's where you're hooking up with, with, with Nouriel Rubini. Yeah, I'm suggesting that there's, and maybe you're, you're right. The, the, we should say the Fed may not be completely in the driver's seat. And that is because of all of those factors, those supply shocks, Right. Those factors that are coming out of nowhere to punch the Fed right in the nose. That is the problem. That is the problem. You look at inflation in like airline prices, 7%, almost 7% year over year. You look at uh, healthcare, right? A lot of these are not because people are going out to spend, spend, spend. No, they're like, people have cut back tremendously. Discretionary spending is, it's the supply problem. It's, you know, if you don't have enough workers, you have to raise wages. Right. Wages have to adjust upward. Right. And so the supply problem, you know, we, the, and again, of course, you, we, we might argue, we could argue that we can squeeze demand even more. Right. In order to, to get businesses to cut back. And yeah, that's what the Fed is doing. It's a ton of demand destruction. But every now and then we get a, a destructive event that causes uh, workers to stay home that causes Houses that are desperately needed in this country to be destroyed. And so, you know, every time we get that becomes harder, more difficult. I mean, you think about what's going to, what's the government going to do? What are people going to do 
after entire towns have been destroyed. You're going to have to spend, you have to take higher deficits, higher spending to try to rebuild. Think about on aggregate what that does to the prices of things. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very hard to bring core PCE from where it's at today down to 2%. It's going to be a difficult ride there. Uh, and I, you know, that's, that's where I see it. And I, I and yeah, I, I hopefully, hopefully we don't get that doom loop. Hopefully we just get, you know, it's going to be a little bit longer. Hopefully that's what ends up happening, but not, you know, not a resurgence in inflation. Thanks as always, Dr. O for our Orfe debungi. This has been Chris Krug, subscribe to Everyday Economics at americastalking.com. 